Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. There's no doubt about it. We live in a material world. Young consumers are especially vulnerable to messages that say your self-worth is measured by the products you own. Is there a way to change that thinking? With more, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. We're joined by Dr. Lon Nguyen Chaplin, Associate Professor of Marketing at the University of Illinois at Chicago, and she was a co-author of the study. Dr. Chaplin, you were studying materialism among children. Do you think this is a greater concern for today's parents than perhaps previous generations? I do. I mean, it's always been a great concern for parents and educators, but in today's commercialized world where children are constantly exposed to social media and lots of messages that there are all these great products out there, it becomes a challenge. So tell us a little bit about your study. You used a couple of different techniques in it, right? Yes. So we had a national sample of adolescents where we surveyed their level of materialism, the importance that they place on having things to achieve happiness, and we also surveyed their level of gratitude. And we found that materialism and gratitude are highly correlated. And so what we wanted to do was we wanted to take that correlation and see what causes what. So in the second study, we had children, we took a baseline measure of their level of gratitude and materialism and generosity, and then we sent them home. We sent two groups home, one with the assignment to keep a gratitude journal for two weeks, and then the other group was our control group where they just wrote in a daily journal. And when they came back, those who kept the gratitude journal were less materialistic. They were more grateful for the people and things in their lives, and they were also more generous. Hey, tell us a little bit more about that gratitude journal. What did they write down in there, and why is that so effective? They were instructed every day to sit down and write who and what they were thankful for. And it could be anything from, I'm thankful that I have a home, I'm thankful that I have clothes, or I'm thankful for my parents taking me to violin practice today. We believe that the time that they put into just reflection on all the people and all the things that they have in their lives to be grateful for, it kind of sets them up to see just how much they already have. Because children and adults, who are highly materialistic tend to look at what they don't have and want more things. But this journal appears to tune kids into what they already have, and they're grateful for it. I would think that it would also make parents, in some cases, maybe feel a little more appreciated than they oftentimes do if they saw the contents of that journal. Yes. And in the study, we wanted the adolescents to feel like it was a safe place for them to get their ideas down, And so the point of the study wasn't to get them to reveal to parents, although I agree with you. I think that it would be nice for parents to read some of these things, some of these thoughts that the kids have. But we wanted the kids to be honest with themselves, too, and to sit down and not feel like someone's going to check up to see exactly what I wrote, but really just to be honest with themselves and reflect. And I think that's the key is spending time to reflect. It didn't have to be a half an hour. These kids could have spent two minutes, but at least they used the two minutes to just sit and think about what they have, who is giving them so much time and love for them to show appreciation for. Was there anything in your study that was a particular surprise to you? I think that going into the study, we were expecting that if kids kept a gratitude journal and if they were encouraged to reflect on who and what they were thankful for, that they would become more grateful. 
it would have been a surprise to us if they didn't become more grateful. But what really surprised us was how simple the strategy was to get kids to not want more things. And then in turn, also not to be asking for more things or wishing that they had more things, but then turning into wanting to give back to other people who didn't have as much as they did. So something that was surprising was not just that they were more grateful, but that they were trying to use what they currently have to share with others as a result of that. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Lon Nguyen Chaplin, Associate Professor of Marketing at the University of Illinois at Chicago. And we're discussing her study about materialism and gratitude among teenagers. I'm assuming you may not know the answer to this, but did any of these youngsters continue the gratitude journal after your study was over because it was a positive experience? That's a great question, and you're right. I don't know, but I can tell you that seeing this as a parent myself, I started having my children keep a gratitude journal. Have you seen some results from doing that at your house? I have, but it's a sample of two kids. (laughs) (laughs) I can't speak in terms of long-term effects on a large sample because this is an N of two. Do you think that kids would be resistant to trying these gratitude journals? I mean, what would you tell parents on actually accomplishing this since you've done it at your house? Yes, every child is different. And I think you have to know your child and you have to know their schedule and pick a good time. You don't want to be asking kids to reflect when they're hurrying up trying to get swim practice or something. Pick a time that you know that it's a calming time. And I think it's great to connect that way. It does not have to be a complicated sit down, put even 10 minutes could be a lot for a child who is resistant, especially teenagers. To make them sit down and get out that gratitude journal might be a bit much for some kids and you'll find some resistance. So in the car, it could be something as driving your kids to soccer practice and say, so who are you grateful for and why? And then that just starts the conversation. It's very simple. And is the point of this for the parent never to see what the kids write, or do they sometimes see it? not at all. Not at all. But also for the kids to have some time to reflect. And I think even for adults, if I told you, I'd like you to keep a gratitude journal, and then I'm going to read it, that's going to affect what you write, and it's going to affect your thinking process. Mm -hmm. We want it to be a genuine process where you sit down, and even if the only thing that a child can think of to write down in this gratitude journal would be, well, I'm thankful that I got candy today. That actually puts the child in this position to recognize that you do get treats and you are happy when people are nice to you. And then I think over time, as children write things down or talk about who and what they're thankful for, they realize they actually get a lot of support, that they get a lot of things as it is, and it's time for them to give back to other people who get less. So what would be the biggest piece of advice that you can offer to parents based on what you learned in your study? Maybe it's just the simple thing of trying this gratitude journal, but what would you say to parents? What I would say to parents is instead of just assuming that they're not grateful and that you give them so much and they don't care, give them more credit and open their eyes to what they do have and have them sit down, even if they say something at dinner or at breakfast about who and what they're grateful for. They don't have to write it down. I think it's just tuning into who and what you have in your life that makes you happy and grateful. I think that could be a very powerful thing to do with children and get them to think about what's there right in front of them as opposed to something that they can't have. Because kids are going to want what they can't have. 
Very interesting study. Dr. Lon Luen Chaplin, Associate Professor of Marketing at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Thank you very much for joining us today on InfoTrack. Thank you for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.